everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 722 with our review of The Banshees of Inish Aaron. I'm Christopher Schnasey. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, um, we had a review of a film that maybe not a lot of people can see right now, um, and that was After Sun. But now we're talking about a film that everybody can see, and uh, of which is, you know, according to Jamie, the story of what would happen if Steven decided he wasn't going to be friends with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, she 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 definitely cracked herself up. We were pulling up to the house after watching the film, <laughs> and she was like, "I know how you can start the episode out <laughs> when you guys sit down to record it." And she, but 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 for me, it's running, so I'm gonna cut off a toe if you talk to me again. <laughs> oh man, I hope you don't own any shears that uh, would be strong enough to 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 to, to lob off one of your toes, though. Do you think that's why the island is called Inishirin? <laughs> nice. Nice, Steven. <laughs> that's when you're, when you're all on a little island by yourself and there's not a lot to do. You need a little bit of excitement. You have two options. One is to play music and one is to lop off parts of your body. <laughs> but yeah, are you excited to talk about this film, Steven? I am. Yeah, I'm excited. But first, I think... So I also thought about pre-show banter for this one. And I think more than any other movie in recent months, this is the one I have to ask, what was your drink order when you watched it? Because it feels very important to me. Like, I'll tell you right off the bat, I got the nitro coffee stout, like the closest thing to a Guinness I could get. It just felt like necessary that I do that, even though it was like a noon screening. You know, it was respectable, but it was I treated it as a brunch and I still drank a you know, a somewhat high ABV coffee stout because it just it, it's what you do. Yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, expected that they might have Guinness available uh, for some reason. Um, but uh, I, I just went for a cocktail. Um, I forget mm. what the cocktail it is, but it was something from their special menu. I got I got the special burger and the special cocktail. Oh, you <laughs> so, got the spicy, spicy burger. Yeah, which, which was it was pretty tasty. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta love, love spicy cheese and <laughs> onions. <laughs> spicy just felt wrong for uh, <laughs> Jamie's probably gonna listen to this, so I don't, I don't want to stereotype. But spicy feels wrong for Irish. Like Irish, I feel like I want it to be like savory and like, um, I don't know. I I want it to be comforting. I don't want it to you know rock my world. So I got um, goat cheese and bacon pizza, which seemed like nice and savory and goes down easy with the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I guess this film just wasn't big enough for Alamo to do a special uh, menu. But if I could get it like a full Irish breakfast, <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking that. Like, I would have, <laughs> I would have had the fuck out of like a, a Guinness and some black sausage. That would have kicked ass. It would, it would have been pretty great. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, we didn't have access to that. But we did have access to this film in general. And uh, you know, I, I assume you made it in on time, and you didn't miss the first five minutes of the film and suddenly be uh <laughs> like like Wait, you have... they used to be friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I, I made it and i made a point to come early so i could make my drink and food order and get nice and settled before the movie started and then they ignored me until two seconds before the movie started but still i did my part as is usually the way um but yeah, yeah. What, what do you say Stephen? we get into this review let's do it 
right, we're ta- going to take a listen to the trailer for the Banshees of Inisharan and come back and give everybody a review. Colin Sonny Larry. Didn't you and he used to be the best of friends? We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. Well, you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You didn't like me yesterday. Why does he not want to be friends with you no more? Why is he 12? What the hell's going on with you, me feckin' brother? He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. The other night, two hours, you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite. It was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. If you don't stop talking to me... Colin! And if you don't stop bothering me, I have a set of shears at home. And each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears and I'll take one of my fingers off with them and I'll give that finger to you until I have no fingers left. Does this make things clearer to you? Not really, no. Starting from now. But shush like, Polly. You know, shush like. Yeah, I'd shush like. Would you not want him to have to do the one finger to see if he was bluffing like? No, we wouldn't. Because worse goes to worse, he can still play the fiddle with four fingers, I bet ya. Going back to your own gang now, Polly. I'm talking to me! Are you? Why aren't you talking to Polly no more? That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one. Yet yeah, we all remember the music at the time. Everyone to a man knows Mozart's name. I don't, so there goes that theory. We won't call it quits. We call it the start. All right, that was the trailer for the Banshees of Inisharan. Uh, two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Stephen Miller, what did you think of the Banshees of Inisharan? Uh, so this is when I announced I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs> you just a, a year ago you spent two hours talking to me about Tenet, and I just, <laughs> oh. I don't care what you found in Christopher Nolan's shite. I just <laughs> no. um, I love the Banshees of Inisherin. and I mean I I love. I'm going to say both McDonough's, though I'm less familiar with John Michael McDonough's work. But Martin McDonough, you know, I've I've seen all four of his films. Um, I a lot of people fell off the bandwagon for Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I loved Three Billboards as well. I seem to just be picking up whatever he is putting down. And this movie, I think, might be his best one in the sense that it a lot of what he does it relies on this blend of comedy and despair this kind of like syrupy sweet bleakness where it's like it it goes so hard into darkness that it comes out the other end and becomes absurd and almost hopeful just because of how ridiculous darkness feels by the end of his movies and this one is more 
contemplative. It's actually closer to his brother's movie Calvary, I think, than it is to anything else that he has made. And not only because Brandon Gleeson, you know, stands on a beach wearing a cloak <laughs> in a beautiful <laughs> island and has a scene in a confession booth. Um, it's also because this is really a movie about what does it mean to be a good person? What is the value of being a good man? What is the value of anything we do in a world where evil goes unpunished, where people will just behave the way they behave and there's no retribution to it? Who do you want to be? Like It, it is a very thought-provoking movie while also being extremely funny. Um you know, very moving when it wants to be, uh, especially in, I would say, the third act of, of the film. Um, and it, it just, I, I just think it is so well done. And it, so much of that comes down to Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who just, they play off each other as well, if not better, than they did in in Bruges while being very different. You know, the the movie is nothing like that, right? This movie does not, aside from a few plot turns that are clearly meant to kind of shock the audience or, you know, jolt them out of their complacency or anything, make them know they don't know what they're watching anymore. Um, this is not a movie where the characters are heightened to 11. This is a movie where they're just two people who are generally kind, decent human beings um, who just are both going through a kind of like depression, a kind of uncertainty about how they fit in the world in their own way and they are don't know how to talk about it directly you know they're kind of gruff about it but neither of them i think come off as being over the top evil they're not hitmen they're not murdering people for fun they're not like doing any of the martin mcdonough things they're not coked out like seven psychopaths or anything they're very like they're human beings and it I, I think this movie manages to weave the the comedy and the sorrow and the bleakness and the fun and the it is thrilling even when nothing is happening. Like it's the most play like of any of his movies, and it also feels totally dynamic and riveting. And like I could have kept watching it for hours. Um, yeah. And then it all, of course, is set across this backdrop of this implied, if not metaphor, at least like parallel to the civil war that is happening on the mainland while they're here on this island and it's about the kind of the absurdity of fighting but then also the the meaning you derive from having something you think is worth fighting for even if you're wrong and i think there it is just a movie that is so good at opening up questions and it is just such a joy to watch the characters in this movie interact with each other i i just found it really 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 wonderful and i i had such a great time watching it what did you think of the banshees of inishirin uh, i mean obviously i enjoyed this film <laughs> um i had a i had an amazing time watching this film and you know it, it's you know I, I joked i think in the sign off for our last episode that you know this is going to be another film that is both funny and you know depressing as well i mean this this is you know, we, we saw After Sun last week, but we decided to review it this week unintentionally with a film. So we have a film, <laughs> an, an Irish film and a Scottish film, both kind right. of about uh, how men deal with depression and, and sort of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the state of who you are and where you belong and, and kind of like what what is your goal with what you want to be and what kind of person you can be. And, you know, th this film is 
kind of an absurd premise, right? Two friends who were friends yesterday, suddenly one of them just decides he's not going to be friends with them. Um, you know, he has a purpose. <laughs> he, he's, he's trying to achieve something with his life. You know, he, he has got to a point where he is weighing the amount of time he has left on the planet and what he wants to accomplish in his time, um, you know, on, on the planet. And, uh, you know, his lifelong pal uh, maybe is, is standing in the way of that. <laughs> <laughs> in a way just just because he's uh, just a nice guy um and, and i think that there's there's a lot of really funny and also very sad and tragic sort of stuff all blended together and just crisscrossing back and forth and it's kind of you know a film that uh <laughs> i mentioned that i didn't really tear up uh during after sun uh, but there's definitely a moment in this film <laughs> <laughs> that got me pretty good, um, which which happens, you know, I'll, I'll just ambiguously say it's two men riding on a little uh, yeah uh, thing like it, that. I don't know why, but that just got me. <laughs> got yeah, me pretty yeah, good. I mean, it's a beautiful moment. And it's the kind of, you know, we I don't know if we're going to do spoilers or not for this movie. But that was one of the things that I made a mental note to bring up here, because I think the trailer and this is a movie where I kind of wish now I hadn't seen the trailer so many times, because I think just enjoying the journey without having any idea where it's going would have been you know you could have just told me martin mcdonough colin farrell brennan gleason and i'd be like great sold gonna watch yeah, it i'll be there <laughs> <You know? laughs> probably gonna be one of my favorite movies <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, it's easy from watching a trailer to think this is gonna be a movie about a nice guy who might be dull as fuck you know but it's generally <laughs> Generally a nice guy in Colin Farrell who suddenly is just being ignored by his best friend and there's a good guy and a bad guy and we're going to try to unpack, you know, why this guy suddenly became mean, why he suddenly turned bad. And the movie is not interested in doing that. Like the movie has like, th there's an interaction in the trailer where Brandon Gleason's character column talks about, um, no one is ever remembered for being nice. You know, you're remembered for doing something great, like for making music, for doing something that outlasts you. But nice is not the same as kind, right? Yeah. And that scene is such an interesting reminder that like being a decent human being, being kind and uplifting in a genuine way is still something that is valuable, you know? And none of this movie is about like, I'm going to be an asshole. And I think there's a it's so much more interesting and kind of like about the existential angst of being a man who is getting older and doesn't know what legacy they've left. Um, I don't know. That that scene also got me too, basically. That was honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it, it's an interesting way that this film is able to play in the space of being just funny and absurd while still being really, really heartfelt and touching. And, and yeah, like taking on this idea of what feuds do to people in general. And, and sometimes even at the cost of the thing that you are feuding over, like you are so willing to do something for the principle of it, that you're willing to sacrifice the thing that you're doing it in the first place for. Yeah. Um, it's just... <laughs> It's just a fun, it's a fun, uh, uh, a thing. And then, and you know, you know, the way it plays with this idea of, you know, we have lots of films about people being from a small town and, you know, potentially wanting to get away, but that's even more compounded when that small town is completely surrounded by water <laughs> and like everybody in that town, like there's a great scene where they come into like the, the, the local shop and like the woman's just like, what news do you bring? And she just, yep. just wants to hear stories because that's, that's the only thing of value 
is some story that is not something that we've already heard because we all know all the business of all the folk that live around here and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it just, uh, you know, every moment that they introduce a new character, it's like what kind of new, like they're amazing, like probably the, the most amazing confessional scene yeah. <laughs> ever, which is pretty great. Yeah. Just as in general, general, I had an amazing time with it and I just, yeah, as you said, it was one of those things where it was kind of like, but when it, when it finally ended, you're like, man, I could definitely sit with this for quite a bit longer and, and really enjoy my time here. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, this movie, you know, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson rightly get most of the attention. Like, this is basically a two-hander, a 15-finger. Um, <laughs> but, um, they're, like, the supporting cast is great. You know, like, you mentioned the fact that every time a new character is introduced, you just, like, you know, they bring something new to the equation. And, like, there, there are a lot of, I assume... Irish locals who are in the movie who I, I at least didn't recognize from other films before. But then you also have some pretty big characters. You know, uh, Carrie Condon plays uh, Patrick Colin Farrell's sister. And I think she is actually a really nice counterpart to him. Like she brings out a lot of the text of the movie, whereas he is kind of a little bit too uh, dull as fuck to, <laughs> to like... <laughs> know how to bring it out directly and and she also represents her own kind of like trying to figure out who you are in a small town and dealing with the limits of this kind of oppressive area where everyone is up in everyone's business and no one has anything better to do um and then like barry kagan that we were talking before recording that i don't know how to say his last name i'm just going <laughs> kagan um uh the character of dominic he's kind of like the the opposite of her in a way but the same response of like i don't i need to find a way for me living in this town to be more meaningful than it is and maybe his scope is more narrow than hers but i think they're both just like really wonderful characters and he he's honestly kind of the most pure sympathetic character in the movie in yeah. in a lot of ways um Pure, purely sim sympathetic <laughs> Yeah, sim sympathetic, simple and pathetic. <laughs> is that not what that word means? Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think every, everyone here is two-dimensional in a really interesting way. Except for, okay, some of the side characters, like the policemen. I, I would say not two-dimensional. Very one-dimensional, and yeah, the dimension yeah. ain't good. Um, but I, and I think with all of them, too, the movie just does a great job of dealing with very dark subject matter in a lighthearted way. Like, I, I couldn't stop thinking of Calvary while I was watching this movie, because that also deals in a small town i don't think it's supposed to be an island though i don't remember the setting of calvary but certainly the feeling is he is a a priest in a town where there's only a handful of people and everyone is up on everyone else's gossip and they all go to church on sunday but they all behave however the fuck they want to and yep. no one is going to call them out on it because it's a small town and that movie dealt with really dark subject matter you know like honestly the central premise of the movie is built around a very dark painful thing um <laughs> not that you'd know and, if you came in five minutes after the opening yeah of the not film. that i would know if i came in five <laughs> minutes late which certainly didn't happen when i watched calvary um, <laughs> but there's it's kind of the feeling of like the the oppressiveness of a town where there's nothing to do and everyone knows everyone else and the the goodness and evil evil of people are just jut up against each other and it's all banal and boring and just a point of conversation you know um 
and and I think there's just something really there's just something I love about this type of movie and I think Calvary was very much a pure examination you know it it starts with a priest and it starts with a clear ticking clock right the people who didn't show up five minutes late knew about um, <laughs> this movie is so much more of the Martin McDonough style where it's like I am going to steer into the absurdity and bleakness and people behaving in ways that don't make any sense right from the jump and i'm gonna make you feel something without having grand exposition about what it all means you know i'm gonna make you feel something just because people are being people and isn't that emotional um and i i, I just really enjoyed how these movies kind of were in conversation with each other yeah There also is kind of a unifying thing here, which is characters who, you know, I think depression is a fair way to read this movie, probably the only way to read this movie. Um, <laughs> but the the way that reflects itself in the characters of Patrick and Colm are guys who are making life-altering decisions that could drastically change, you know, their ability to live happily, what they can accomplish in life. And they seem to do it without caring, without thinking much about it at all. You know, the the guy whose only goal is to play the fiddle who threatens to cut off his fingers if this guy talks to him again. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, there there's something about that, like, nonchalance or that feeling of like, hey, I'll whatever yeah i'm gonna do it to prove a point and i'm not even gonna be emotional about the idea of doing it i'm just gonna like threaten it you know that there's something that just resonated in that feeling of like like depression feels like too strong a word for the more like fuck it <laughs> feeling <laughs> that i think the movie is going for and i think this movie is kind of mining a like what happens when nothing seems to matter anymore? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and maybe any statement you make, whether good or bad, whether it makes sense or not, is more meaningful than doing nothing. Well, I think, I mean, you know, college depression or, or not, like different people deal with those feelings differently, right? Like there, there's, I think, I think Colin Farrell's character has a moment where he's like, if, if he is feeling bad, why doesn't he just bottle it up like the rest of us? <laughs> you know, like there, there's, there's an aspect to like learning how to deal with how you feel. But, you know, Brendan Gleeson's character is, it's, it's, it's like he's having an existential crisis on, on who and what he is and what he can do. And like, you know, even, even in a world where he wrote the most beautiful song ever, how does that escape from the island that he's in is it just knowing that he did it that it like he mm. he doesn't have a goal right it's not like i want to uh you know i don't i don't want to be lydia tar <laughs> you know, right. we can string i it was to about the... to mention lydia tar <laughs> yeah. yeah like he's not trying to you know perform Mahler's whatever numbered symphony like it, it's mm. it's he just wants to have created something that for him signifies that he accomplished something like it doesn't like obviously he's hanging out in the bar there, there's like sessions that that happen all the time in the bar where where he's just playing music with other other players and everybody's happy and everybody loves it and like so it's not like he isn't performing and doing something that makes people happy he wants to specifically have written his own thing mm -hmm. and he can't bring himself to do it when he's listening to two hours about the things somebody found in their donkey's shite. Oh yeah. So, so it, it's, 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 
it's it's you know, it's, it's a very it, it's silly and absurd, but it's it's definitely a person trying to. And, and it's funny too because you know characters remark on like, is there a problem or like, do you think you're dying? Like, wh why are you doing this? It's like, no, I'm just you know old and I feel like I need to do this. And I don't know how long this he film... does very specifically list how many years he's going to be alive for, which is <laughs> interesting and kind of never commented on again. <laughs> I mean, that's you know that that's that's just uh, the the going age, I guess, of people in that town. <laughs> <laughs> and that it, it's funny because his character, you know, is heightened to a degree. Like, obviously, I would not immediately threaten to cut off my fingers because I was frustrated with my time being wasted. But I do. I have felt my darker impulses, the feeling when I get very task oriented, when anything that is not accomplishing something is like annoying and I want to shut it down and I want to just like leave the conversation. I don't want to make plans. I don't want to, I don't want to do something that isn't like checking off the checklist that I have in my life. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I, I know I understand as with every movie, I'm sure part of this is the artistic impulse and how much of this is Martin McDonough's feeling about creating things to the detriment of the people in his life. You know, I, I can only guess, but I definitely, I felt a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked yet about, uh, the old woman, um, you know, oh yeah, the banshee. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not she's actually the banshee, uh, you know, like she she is amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did not look her up at all. Has she been in anything else, or did he just <laughs> find her in a like a burning building somewhere? Yeah, he might have found her in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, who is this woman that's in in every shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's fantastic yeah i i, I love it and, and there's there's it's like sometimes she is played for laughs and sometimes she's just ominously there um mm. like there there are shots where she is just blurred out in the background and like you know it's her but like it's not yeah. like the characters that you're watching in the moment don't don't know she's there it's just it's just for us the audience to be like oh that just feels strange <laughs> yeah and, and that's also the kind of aspect of the movie that feels so much like a play you know is it, it you know if four main characters who are having the majority of the dialogue and then a handful of people who you could just see like standing a little bit to the left for a long duration of the scene just kind of like staring waiting to give their like two lines right yeah and i think um there's something so playful and insidious about it i i, I really like every time she shows up yeah, like if this was a stage play, she would be constantly talking to the audience about what she is observing of the four people as they sit in their various places. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know the policeman character would go full Equus in the uh, in the stage version of this movie too <laughs> for his big his big scene. The uh, the Puccini heist was <laughs> yeah was pretty amazing. Oh, good times. Yeah. Let's see. Any, any any anything else to to chat about before we wrap things up? Um, one, I think there's great animal actors in this movie. <laughs> big <laughs> big fan of the. I'm gonna say three animal actors in the, in the movie that are prominently featured. Um, there's a donkey, a dog, and what's the third one? I guess. Well, the fact that you forgot tells me you weren't listening at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> to the pony. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, but the donkey and the dog I are clearly the stars. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was my pony the donkey shite. The donkey the stars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love love the animals in this movie. Otherwise, my main feeling is that I think I feel like the trailer already gives a little too much away, and like we're even dancing around whether certain events are threatened or what that entails in a way that I I truly had no idea how that was going to go. And I think the movie is just great to follow as it evolves and not know anything. So I I don't know. I kind of don't like unpacking it too much. Yeah, yeah. Unlike the previous film, which right. we needed to dedicate like 30 extra minutes to unpack, uh, totally. we just want to let this one lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this film, which doesn't actually imply any sort of uh, life experiences on the part of the director <laughs> or writer. <laughs> totally. Well, um, well, because this film is... This film has explicit plot beats that yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil, which is different than ruminating on the vibe of a movie and what is implied by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know. I just, it just, yeah. it's just funny in a way of, of <laughs> while both films involve really, really strong feelings, there, there's one that has consequences of our assumptions of the story, and this one is more <laughs> just there for you to play in. <laughs> So it's it's, yeah. it's 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 interesting exercise that we've 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 gone through. I think it. I don't know if this is going to be wildly inaccurate or like offensive, but my my thought is that I feel like Martin McDonough has made four movies now, and I would say they are going on a slope from manic to depressive, <laughs> where. <laughs> In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths are both like on the manic end, right? Like they're all depressive in their own way, but it's like the upbeat ones. And then Three Billboards starts to be more like grappling with grief, but still feeling something, but just grappling with it and wanting to do something with it. And then Banshees is all about that just kind of that after feeling, right? The the feeling when you've already been drained of meaning and now you're just trying to find a way to pass the time. So I don't know what, what depressing shite he's gonna make next <laughs> <laughs> or maybe things will turn around for him and he'll <laughs> he'll go back mm. to the manic side yep manic cool. banshee dream man <laughs> <laughs> all right well what do you say we get to verdict steven let's do it all right if you're gonna give this a must-see record with the caveat wait for rental pass with the caveat or must avoid what would you give it must see i, I love this movie it was it was a blast it was I would say it was more funny more often than it was profoundly moving, but it was both, at, you know, and, and that is what makes it great. You know, I, I think it lands more on the side of darkly comedic than it does on the side of, I had fewer tear up moments here than I did with After Sun, you know, I would say by a considerable margin, yeah. um, but I, I loved it. I found it fun and brain tickling and interesting and it has layers to unpack and I think it would be amazing on a rewatch um yeah it's just a great movie yeah uh must see for me as well i had an amazing time watching it um i I was i was a little worried at times because there was definitely more so i I, you know i i tend to um if i'm by myself i'll take the i'll take that one seat right middle in the back um and then if i'm there with jamie we will take uh row 10 uh the seats just over on on the yeah. uh right side and there was definitely 
a couple next to us and the guy in the couple was laughing way too hard and i was laughing way too hard and i was like this side of the auditorium might think this movie's way funnier than the rest of the auditorium <laughs> so i got a little bit worried at times but i'm glad oh, i'm man, glad my that audience you... was cracking up a lot at the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> no they definitely were i just like i think our laughs died slower than the rest of the auditorium mm-hmm. yeah I, I i may have snorted a few times <laughs> it's by the way, I'm sure other people have mentioned this, but it's a bad year for donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> is this going back to more than just a triangle of sadness? <laughs> no, that's that's the one. Okay, there cool. is another donkey movie called EO, but I haven't watched it. I don't know what happens to that donkey. <laughs> I think is the po- is the poster red. I don't remember. I just know it's called EO. Okay. Well, yeah, that, that's going to do it. Maybe for... not like Captain EO. <laughs> Maybe it's pronounced <laughs> like a, the sound a donkey makes. <laughs> EO. <laughs> yeah, it's the one. Is uh, that why the donkey's named Eeyore? In... Wow, it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> We're just unpacking all kinds of things from our childhoods today. And Eeyore is depressed, much like the characters in Banshees of Inishir. And take it away, Christopher. <laughs> that is gonna do it for our review of the Banshees of Inisher and Stephen Miller. People want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twittercom miller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twittercom christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so to Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twittercom warning, facebookcom warning, or instagramcom warning. If you want to get get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io. Hopefully I can find a good good track of fiddles. Um, But uh, we'll see what's playing. If it's not that, it could be something else. Um, But uh, yeah, that is it for this episode. For this week, we're going to take off and we will see you next week with another review Um, of something that we didn't look up before we sat down to record. So (laughs) catch you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.